You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1800 060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au Off the back in 28.7 It's Majestuoso from Just Believe Then Mufasa Metro Queen Alight is into the clear but 10 off them Majestuoso goes for home Just Believe balances up 4 metres away then Queen Alight Majestuoso led Just Believe is lifting It's Majestuoso Just Believe dives and got him Greg Sugars has done it again Just Believe beat Majestuoso that was the Trotters final, the Inner Dominion there at Melton on the weekend, and they're both outstanding in their own right. But that winner there, Just Believes, won 15 from 51 by Orlando Vici, the sire. And Chris Barsby is with us. Good morning again. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, great performance there. Clean sweep of that series for the Trotters, Steve. So he becomes the first horse since Tornado Valley back in 2018 to clean sweep a series. And that was a mighty performance there on Saturday night. Three wide to the breeze, and uh, his strength really came to the fore there over the latter stages. So hopefully we'll get to see him here in Queensland defending his title uh, next year. Chris, $16 the winner in the Pacers final. I cast no shadow. The second horse, Torrid Saint, was a $126 officially. Favourite act now was third, which makes me think about the longest-priced winner of an Inter-Dominion final in the modern era. That's one for maybe we can discuss later in the week to go back and look at the history of it, maybe the, the biggest well, boil-over. Yeah, we, we'll get Darren Clayton onto that. At a, at, at, at a guess, Steve, I would say maybe Bonsell Benjamin last year. On protest, he went off at big odds, didn't he? I'm he sure did. He yeah, he did. Yeah. Mm. So, but Darren will have that confirmed. But, uh, yeah, very interesting. Just on that Trotters into Dominion with Greg Sugars. So, Greg's gone back-to-back. He won it in Sydney last year with the now-retired Maori Law. He scored again there on Saturday night uh, with Just Believe. I'll put this question to you, Steve. Who was the last driver to go back-to-back with Inter Dominion Grand Final trotting victories with two different horses? Was it a Kiwi? Yes. Who was the guy that, um, Lyle Creek man? Yeah, Anthony Butt. Was I right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 2000, 2001. He did it with Lyle Creek in 2000. That was in Melbourne. And then the following year in Brisbane with Take a Moment. You know where I pulled that from? The word <laughs> you just mentioned. Um... <laughs> Very good. Very good. Sorry. Our first what was your to... biggest takeaway from, from the Inter-Dominion, Steve? Just what, what do you want to see in Brisbane next year that you've sort of gleaned? Just some superstar time? horses, Chris. You know, like, a, yeah. you know, whether the, uh, with these three-year-olds, Captain Ravishing's a leap to fame or a new star on the horizon, something like a Blacks are fake, or, you know, something that's like a super horse, you know? Um, yep, something sure. very special that get people talking about it, you know, not just harness uh, the standard bread industry, but the, the other codes as well. Something, you know, a horse that's really, really special, but they come along... You know, few and far between, don't they? Yep, absolutely. It's, but a genuine superstar. Okay. Not asking okay. for much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to work and see what we can come up with. Okay, our first guest is with us. Tim Bunn, good morning. Good morning, boys. How are you? Very well. So does that bring back some special memories for you? Greg Sugar's becoming the first driver since Ants to go back-to-back with two different horses... Lyle Creek 2000, Take a Moment 2001. You train both of those superstar trotters. Oh, for sure, Chris. Like, um, 
yeah, little minion special. It was, it was special back then, and um, you know it's got that history about it, and uh, you know the four races over the series and so on. It brings out the best in a horse and driver and trainer. So um, you know it is special. Just with Lyle Creek, was there was there extra pressure there given the owner, of course, who was a personality at the time, Graham Brute, and he'd offered to have these huge bets and things like that? No, I didn't feel the pressure um, that way with the, with the putting side of it. It's his money and he can do it. I felt he could do it if he liked with it, you know. And, but it was it was the expectation that you didn't want to let the horse down as a trainer. So you, you felt a responsibility to the horse because um, he was favourite and he was, he was uh, getting a lot of publicity and a lot of... Um, hype around them, you know, so you had to deal with that as a trainer, but um, you know, you can only do your best, and I think you know, if you have a good attitude about about things, you know, and don't let the pressure get to you, it, um, it's a big bonus. Tim, dates are locked in for next year. We start on a Friday night, then we go to a Tuesday, Saturday, so the three heats in the week, final the following Saturday. Prize money's locked in as well. How do we make the Brisbane into Dominion next year as good as possible. Well, it's it's really about the, the personalities of the of the, the, the trainers and the owners, and also getting the right horses here. You know, you know, just listening to you off here, like you do need the, you need the young stars meeting the old stars. You know, so that's that's the key to it. The leaps of fame, the Captain Everything's taking on the self-assureds or the, the already established champions. You know, and we we probably do lack a bit of depth at the. Um, the older brigade, you know, they don't seem to last or as, as, as be as, you know, win as many bigger races as they used to. So um, that's a little bit of a challenge. Is this also a challenge, the fact that we're running the series, and it's been locked in for this way and it will be for the following years, but having that uh, series in December, there was no Kiwi pacer in this year's series in Melbourne. What are the chances of getting a Kiwi pacer not long after the New Zealand Cup week to come to Brisbane? I think you'll have more chance actually coming to Brisbane because uh, the Kiwis love love coming up here and coming to Queensland, you know. So, but the, but the time slot is, is, is a bit of a worry because it's in the middle of the season, and um, you know we have Auckland Cups and uh, the Hunter Cups, and and you and you whereas you know it used to be in May or April or, or late March, you know it was sort of the end of the season, so it was your last swan song, so everybody arrived, but. Um, now you've got so much choice, and the WA horses are the same. They have their carnival, which is very lucrative, and um, they're not going to come. So um, that, that, that's one of the negatives of the series, I believe. And Chris, yeah. what are those races worth during New Zealand Cup week? There, the, the harness features in November every year. Well, the New Zealand Cup this year was worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Well, there you Steve. go. So it's more than the end of the million of five hundred thousand. So a quarter of a million dollars difference. And that's one race compared to four races. So what's the so, date between that race and the, the first heat of the Inter-Dominion? The, the of New weeks. Zealand Cup is always the second Tuesday in November. So it's only going to be a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it, it, it's a short time frame, isn't it, Tim? Well, I think Queensland were locked into it because they've taken over the, the New yeah. Zealand slot, you know. So I don't necessarily think it's a decision that Queensland... Could change, so um, I think they they wanted to actually, but um, but going forward for the next one, I think it's something they should really look at. And um, you know, as you said, it's about getting everybody here and the personalities and the and the great horses and and the, and the great characters, you know, and that that's what makes it. The drama unfolds during the series, um, you know, for the public and the press. Mm. 
What did you make of the Melbourne series this year? Oh, no, I thought it was um, pretty good. I didn't watch it uh, too closely. You know, I, I definitely watched the finals. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I think it's lost a bit of its gloss, to tell you the truth. You know, you can't really have it in the Dominion Series without it. some of the top Kiwi trainers and drivers there, and I believe. And um, I think there's one West Australian horse there, but not, not a top-class one, you know. So in my experience, those Western Australian guys, and, you know, they've, they've sometimes made the series, whether they're competitive or... You know, just just throwing a spanner on the works, you know. So um, I think, you know, it's just, as I said, it's just continually, um, you know, doing the right thing by the series. Do you think we can get it back to its former glory? Obviously, it's going to take a prize money injection and getting the date right. Now that we've changed to a calendar year, do you think we should be looking at going back to that sort of April-May time slot? Well, I think, I think it's... Uh, well, it's the maker of harness racing. It's got the history, and um, and as you said, you had, you had guys like Bruce McAvey there the other day, reliving his you know his love for harness. So um, you know those those personalities we've lost because the series has got a bit lost its way a little bit. And um, you know someone you know harness racing Australia or someone needs to take it by the horns and um, and get it back to its, its former glory days. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really disappointed how it has you know fritted out a little bit. Mm. Uh, one other topic that I wanted to discuss with you before we ask about some of your runners today. The announcement came through recently that we're headed to Norwell following the closure of Albion Park, which is a proposed site for the, the Brisbane Olympics in 2032. Uh, Norwell, what size track would Tim Butt like to see built? Uh, I've got a, a definite choice of tracks. I think, um, you know, we've raced all around the world and, and all around Australasia and every state and... Um, I, I think Eddington is the most fairest track that we've raced on. Yeah, I might be a little bit biased being a Cantabrian, but um, that's taking that aside. I think it's a track you can win from anywhere and, and so on. So I think you have to look at that. I think an angle's too stereotype um, and you're locked into the mile racing. And, and Melton just, you know, you need a bit of luck and it's dominated by the front runners as you saw in the Pacers final, you know, so... I'd like to see uh, um, something outside the square a little bit, and um, you know, a 1,200 metre track with a with a, I had an idea with a shoot for the the, the mile starts, and um, it'd be a great spectacle. Well, that's interesting. You, you mentioned the shoot um, because a few people have been talking about this uh, uh, this shoot option. Could it work? And obviously, being a 1,200 metre track for a mile, you would need um, a, a better starting point. So putting the shoot in would certainly help there. So is it feasible? Is it possible? Could it work? I believe it could work, yeah. Well, with your 1,200-metre track, you've got different starting points, naturally. You know, you can't have a mile and a half because you start at the winning post, you know, and you're around the first end. So you've got to look at your distances where you're starting and finishing. But with the shoot, um, so you'd add another 400 metres like, um, like the straight at Flemington, you know. So um, you'd add another 400 metres onto your front straight and... Um, come into your, to your winning post and once round. So um, that would make your 400 metres to the 1,200 metre track. So it, it, it works in theory. It's just a matter of getting it, it uh, designed properly so that um, the straight, you know, doesn't affect the camber on the bend. Mm. It's a point of difference, though, isn't it? Well, it's something different, and, and you've got to look at something for the future. Um, I know when Globe Derby was built, it was state-of-the-art, and... Now the half-mile track's too small because the horses go so quick and they've got faster, so it's become outdated. So you've got to look for what's going to be something in the future. And 
and racing is very difficult because sometimes you don't know until you race on it how it's going to how it's going to race, you know. But um, when you have a, a carbon copy like Eddington and you know it's fair, and well, you know, it, it gives something to build on. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's food for thought, but that that's something that is selling to build some interest that uh, that shoot option. So we'll see how it all plays out. Let's focus on uh, your runners. Firstly, before today's runners, Barella, he was able to score on Friday night. Uh, did he do what you wanted him to do there on the weekend? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he won, won with plenty in hand. So um, he was actually nominated for Saturday night, but the race never stood up. So um, I'm looking looking towards the Simpson Memorial at the end of January in, in an angle. So I, I want to just keep him ticking over till then. So um, hopefully we'll get a run next Tuesday. All right, fingers crossed there. Now, today, race one, number two, Kulan Kid. He's a beautifully bred colt. He's something to look at as well. He's, he's a powerful-looking colt, a son of American ideal. Can he improve off last week and score today? I think so, yeah. He just over-raced a little bit when he got in the death. So I think today, there's, you know, the main opposition's obviously the one that runs second last week, so they should fight it out. But um, he's, got, he's got the luxury, you know, the luxury of an inside draw, so um, I'm expecting him to go pretty close. Has Kulan Kid and Barilla sort of worked up together at any stage? Is there any sort of car- uh, comparison to be made between the two horses? Oh, they're sort of on the same program, but they, they don't work together. But um, uh, Barilla's probably got a little bit of more X factor. He's just got that high speed, and um, when he strengthens up, you know, he, he, he you know he can put himself into the race. And um, whereas Kulan Kid's probably more genuine and a good little staying horse, you know, so um, he'll develop. For sure, but um, whether he's got that brilliance of Barella, it's hard to say at this stage. Okay, race two, the Trot Missy Nova likely to go off at big odds here. Uh, any expectations with her today? No, she's been disappointing. So she um, just finding it a little bit hard, you know, being off that thirty metre mark when she hasn't won a race, you know. So um, she, she trots all the way. She's a she's a first four hope. That's about it, really. Okay, race three. This is going to be hard in the market. Barama is the only horse off the second row, but I don't think that's a bad thing for him. And uh, this race looks like it's going to create plenty of tempo, so things might set up nicely here for Parama. Oh, he's been a great little horse, you know, and he always gives his best. And you know, he can probably step up to better grades too with the right run, you know. So you know, he only needs an ounce of luck, and and um, be not far from them, you know, at the four hundred to, to be winning really. So. Uh, you know, but he, that daughter, you do need an ounce of luck. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, he, he can follow speed and he can make his own luck. So he, he's a very versatile horse. Yeah, he's just a genuine good little good little guy to have around. And um, and he's just thrived up here, really. Like, um, you know, he's never been out of the money, has he? And, um, you know, he's done a really good job. Okay. Your final runner today comes up in race seven. Number four, Nakula. Am I right in saying Nakula? Nakula, yep. Right, what are the expectations fresh up here? No, she'll run a good race. She's um she's a lovely mare and she's um she's come over and done everything right since she's been here. Still on the, the learning curve and the developing mode, but um you know, I think there's a few better back runners in the race that have obviously got, you know, high hopes for them. So you know, they might be a bit more seasoned for it at this stage, which is you know, she's definitely with a bet at good odds. Okay. Gate speed, how much gate speed does she have? Uh, she'll probably just come out nice from that draw. She won't be able to lead or anything like that. So it's going to be a wee, it's a wee bit of a trickier draw, even though it looks good on paper. So um, no, she'll 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 she's there to win, but she'll, she'll she's got to learn at the same time. Okay, reading between the lines, the best chances in the first race today. 
best chance is he's a genuine little horse that's come on from last week, so he's, he's the best winning chance for us here. Okay, race one, number two. Now, tell me this, before I let you go this morning, will Tim Butt have a representative in next year's Inter-Dominion Grand, uh, Grand uh, Final or just throughout the series? Well, if, if I'm going to be in the series, I, I plan to make the final. So um, <laughs> there's enough. definitely a big ch big chance that um, I'll have, um, have uh, definitely have a couple of trotters, Chris, and um, I'm hoping to secure a pacer from New Zealand. We've got... Um, our eyes on one at the moment that we're trying to purchase over, so um, he'd be an outstanding horse for it. So um, we'll see what happens. But um, you know, we've always got horses out there if anyone's interested in going to the shares. Right. Well, the last time Albion Park hosted an Inter Dominion series, big big moment for you because you won the, the Trotters Grand Final. Would take a moment, and you were third in the Pacers Grand Final, weren't you? Yeah. Well, it's been it's very difficult to do. I think there's only Charlie Hunter is the only trainer that's ever won both finals in the series and I think we finished first and third with Lowell Creek and Happy Asset in uh, Melbourne and a year later first and third in Brisbane so um, no it's always treated us well up here and you know, we, you know we've probably been to 15 in the Dominion I'd say with horses over the years so um, we know what to do and know, know what to expect you just got to have the right horse you know and um, not many um, poor horses winning in the Dominion yeah, that's for sure. Do you remember the horse that you had up here? He set a track record on the opening nine. I sure do, because I had a bit on him in the heat. Um, pocket me. Paid $23, that's I think. Him. <laughs> yeah, that's him. Yeah, looking back at, at that final, that was one of the all-time classic fields when you go back through it. Well, some of those series that we were involved in back then, you know, as I said, um, Dennis Wilson was a great... New South Wales trainer, and uh, you had Gavin Lang, who's, who had his horse consistency in it, and um, Shaker Maker, and uh, Courage Under Fire. So, uh, you know, they're terrific, terrific horses, which we, you know, we probably just don't, with the, so much young racing now, we, we don't seem to get the longevity out of them, you know. But, um, you yeah, know, it was, it was a terrific series on and off the track. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, some great stories being told about uh, that series, and not only that one, but the one at the Gold Coast in 2009, which you trained the winner of as well, with Mr. Feelgood. Yeah, well, that was that was great because we we all stayed at the Gold Coast, and there's no better place in Australasia to, you know, to campaign a horse and, and stay on the Gold Coast. So, um, you know, I think Queensland's got so much to offer as far as that goes. Of the, you know, the hospitality and things things that people enjoy doing outside of the race day. So. Um, you know, that series was, was, was remarkable as well because we were the villains that night beating the Queensland horse Blacks of Fate. But, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's what we do. You know, we while we sympathise, we're here to win, you know. Yep, absolutely. Uh, special times and hopefully some special memories will be created next year as well. Tim, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll see you at Trackside later today. Thanks, Chris. They swing the corner, they're in the straight. Take a moment, three clear, 200 to go. Allegro Agitado, followed by Do's Invasion and last link. Take a moment, still in front. His third Dominion handicap coming up, his 17th win in a row. Take a moment, salute him, he's a champion. And take a moment as one of the... It's always nice to reminisce, Chris. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a special series, 2001. That pacing grand final... Tim just rattle off a few names, like uh, Yule Star won it, a New Zealand Cup winner, beating at it again, who went through the series unbeaten until the final. Uh, and then you had Pocket Me running third. Some of the unplaced horses included Courage Under Fire, Shaker Maker, 
Holmes, DG, Breenies, Fella. It was absolutely loaded, that field, and uh, the Trotters final, take a moment, was able to score, and that's where he really announced himself as a, a star of the future because um, it was all about Lyle Creek around that time, but take a moment, came over here, very much uh, unheralded at the time, but uh, he announced himself, and then he just went on this uh, fantastic run for the next 12, 18 months, winning a host of features, so... Mm. Some special memories for sure and certain. Yeah, the one I'll always remember in relation to Inner Dominion Queensland was Village Kid in 86. Mm. Yeah, Bre we've been lucky. We've had some great series here in Queensland. Brendan Barnes is with us. Well, Brendan's fresh back from Melbourne. He joins us now. Brendan, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Is it a little warmer here in Brisbane compared to Melbourne? Yeah, very, very much so. Okay. How was that series, the Australasian Young Drivers Championship? You were just behind the place getters, but how did you find the series overall? Yeah, it was good to get away and good to meet a few more people and, and sort of get yeah, some new traders and, and drive some different horses at different tracks. Obviously, yeah, the weather didn't look after us too well, but it was a good week. Did you think you were going to win that final heat there on Saturday night? Everywhere about the last 20 metres, I thought, yeah. <laughs> when you loomed at the turn, it looked like it was just going to be a matter of how far, but uh, the, the inside oil's got the right run at the right time. Yeah, he just probably got a little bit tired and got on his knee a couple of times up the straight, got a little bit rough, and yeah, just sort of peaked on his run. Okay, you're back in business this afternoon. Uh, let's go through your drives. Race one, I'm a Midnight Rebel. Looks like it's struggling a little bit on paper. How do you assess her chances? Yeah, you're probably right. Probably struggling a little bit. A little bit, I think. OK. Marley Nova looks a really good chance in a race, too. She's been a runner-up of last three. Fairly important scratching for mine. Bamp coming out. So is this the day for Marley Nova? Yeah, we can only hope so. She's absolutely flying. She's done yeah, nothing but sort of surprises every week. She's gone a little bit better, and we, we never really thought she'd probably do the job she's done, but um, sort of touch wood, she's been stepping really safely and, and sort of doing everything right, so hopefully she can just do the same again and sort of, yeah, put herself in a position and, and run another good race. Are you surprised or, or happy the way she's stepping? Like, she's beginning very quickly. Yeah, probably a bit of both, you know. She was sort of known for sort of doing everything bar trotting in her, in her races, but, um, yeah, she just seems to be really good and and, yeah, sort of one thing for her to be stepping safely, but she seems to be step, stepping safely and fastly as well, so you can't really ask much more than that. OK, well, she looks a really good chance there, Marley Nova. What about in race three, cash us back? Can we make a claim for him today? Uh, fairly small field. I think that's a plus for him. Looks like there's going to be genuine tempo. That's another plus. So can he sort of, you know, regain some confidence here with a, a forward showing? Yeah, definitely. I think if we can sort of settle hand in up and and there's a little bit of speed, a little bit genuine, and, um, yeah, he's going probably a lot better than his numbers read. His run last start was really good without a lot of luck. And, and he's been racing a really good opposition of late, too. Yeah, he has. He's sort of got himself in a bit of a tricky grade. He sort of, he can't wait for the new year when he becomes a veteran. He can race in them veterans races. So, yeah, we're sort of just ticking along till then, and then he'll probably see a new lease of life in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Race six today, devouched. He hasn't been far away late, and he was probably a little unlucky last week when fifth. Can you make a case for him in a race six today? Yeah, definitely. He's racing really well, actually. He's a lot better than his numbers read, and, yeah, he's busted to win a race. So gate three, where does that sort of leave you uh, soon after the start? Ideally, where do you want to be soon after the start? 
he's sort of not a horse you can really burn him too much early, but, uh, you know, we looked to sort of press forward there a couple of starts ago and, and it's super easy, sort of kicked up underneath us and wanted to hold the spot outside the leader, but it probably didn't race up to expectations. So we're probably sort of from that draw we'll probably look to yeah, work our way forward and, and it'd be nice to get up outside him. Okay. In the last race today, you've got your own runner here, Brigadier's son. Are you surprised he hasn't won since coming over from New Zealand? Yeah, definitely. He um, he sort of runs some really good races, but, yeah, just sort of keeps getting sort of pipped on the line. I think he, he's probably better from behind than he is in front, but sort of it's, he's sort of been victim of circumstances. He's got unreal gate speed, and he sort of just sort of had to make the most of that. And, and sort of last up, we are happy to sort of fire out and then look for a trail, but there was nothing ever really to trail. But... Um, I think probably last day he might have just waited for him a little bit, so we just yeah put a gear change on him today and we'll open him up and and hopefully we can sort of yeah get not too bad a trip and be sort of close to the action. Okay, as you said, he's got blazing gate speed, but Heaven and Locks are drawn gate too. Could it be a thought in your side? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll probably won't have, won't be able to worry about going forward today. It's sort of yeah, probably a waste of time, so we'll likely just yeah look to sort of posse up as sort of close as we can and, and hopefully we're within striking distance because, yeah, I think his best asset will be from coming off a helmet. Okay. What's your best drive today? Probably Marley Nova in the trot. Okay, Marley Nova. We'll put a circle against it. A couple of other quick questions I wanted to pose to you. Uh, Northview Hustler, unplaced there on Saturday night in the Lord Mayor's Cup. Um, in the end, it was just a real sprint home there. Uh, what was the takeaway from Northview Hustler on Saturday night? Sectionally, he was still pretty well. You know, he was, he was probably in a, in a bit of bother once Star Galleria around the gate got in front of him. He sort of, yeah, hadn't really been in form for a while and, and he probably just got in the way more than anything. But I think if he sort of, yeah, happened to be on the fence line and close enough, it's sort of unrealistic to probably have a mate ground and expect too much, but he would have sort of held his own. I think he, he got home in maybe 27 to 26.9 himself the other night. He backs up on Saturday night in the Christmas Cup, but uh, you wouldn't believe it. Mac Da Vinci's landed the ace. Yeah, yeah, it's been a bit tricky. sticky draw for us. We'll just probably, yeah, duck to the rail and, and hope we can sort of sneak into the top four. Okay, well, that's Northview Hustler. The other one, I, I'm asking all the licensees that I get on, uh, your turn now. You've just come back from Melbourne, driving a number of tracks down there. Norwell's been announced. What size track do you think would be ideal for Queensland moving forward? I think we're going to stick with the 1,000 for Queensland style of racing. I think um, sort of with, with the way our drivers are up here, I think um, if, we, if we build a 1,400 metre track, it would be sort of two years of torture until everyone realised that we can't sort of drive the way we do now. So I think, yeah, just for the way sort of our drivers drive up here, we've just got to stick with the 1,000. OK, we'll take the tip there with the 1,000 metres for one Brendan Barton. Hey, Brendan, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside today. Thanks, Chris. Cheers.